All right, so we're six months away from early National Signing Day. Right now, Miami has the 37th-ranked class in the country for 2023. So what's it going to take to get Miami into that top 10 that we all want to be in? Can we reestablish what Howard Schnellenberger used to call the state of Miami? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus and longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for the Miami Hurricanes. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. We're available free wherever you get your pods, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. And we are also available free on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you smash that like button. I have the pleasure of bringing in an absolute legend when it comes to the recruiting scene, when it comes to covering high school sports. Nobody on planet Earth can speak to the local recruiting efforts from Cristobal better than our guest today, Larry Bluestein, the man, the myth, the legend who hosts the awesome South Florida High School Sports Show on 560 WQAM, part of the Odyssey family every single week. My boy, Blue, how you doing? Doing great, Alex. Thanks so much for having us in. And, uh, you know, this is uh, this for us uh, starts a busy time of year. Everybody thinks that during the season is the, you know, is the pinnacle of high school football and recruiting, but it's not. It's the summer. The summer camps is when the kids start going by caravan to all these different schools and checking out uh and, you know, not only that, it gives them, the co the college coaches, more time to spend with them because during the spring, you know, the college spring, when the kids went up, you know, the coaches had their own things to worry about. They had to get their own teams. And then during the high school spring, the high school kids pretty much had to take center stage. And, you know, they had a lot of things that they had to take care of, a lot of priorities. So this is a time now where it's summertime and, and the high school football coaches, the, the players and the college coaches get an opportunity to kind of kick back and host these camps and these little combine situations and seven on sevens kids get a chance to mix with uh, players from all over the country and this is really a and for me uh to go to a lot of these events and i will you know mm -hmm. uh you know with the miami, miami hurricanes definitely i'll be out there three four maybe even five times with the uh, legends the evening um so I'm excited. This is uh, this keeps me going, keeps me out of trouble, keeps me on the road. You know, and so I quoted the Howard Schellenberger, may he rest in peace, by the way. He really revolutionized recruiting, not just at the University of Miami. I think he revolutionized recruiting around the country because eventually everyone else figured out there's a lot of talent down there. There's a lot of talent. He used to he drew that line like under Orlando and called everything. Uh, in South Florida, the state of Miami is what he referred to it as. And for a long time, he, Jimmy Johnson, Dennis Erickson, like they really had this area on lockdown. But then eventually in the recent era, more and more teams from the SEC, Florida State, of course, recruits heavily down here, Florida as well. Big Ten schools, uh, we, we've seen, and I know we can't keep everybody in the orange and green. There's not sure. enough scholarships to go around, of course. But I think we've seen far too many of the absolute blue chippers, too many of the five stars and the four stars leave the area. I know Mario Cristobal's got a great recruiting track record, and he is always grinding 
Blue, over the past six months since Mario arrived here, uh, what have you been seeing from him in that community? And can he start to lock down the state of Miami a little bit more? Well, it's going to take time, obviously. You know, you can come in and, you know, with all the bravado in the world and tell everybody what you're going to do, but they still remember that University of Miami, as you mentioned, has been down for a while, a lot of seven and six seasons. And, you know, even though as fans we all want to say, okay, things are going to change overnight, they just don't, uh, you know, and especially because he's been far removed. He's been out on the West Coast. So it's going to take time for a lot of these high school coaches to – and remember, high school coaches are influential in the recruiting process because yeah. while they won't make a commitment and tell the kids to go here or there, they steer them. You know, if there's a if there's a seven on seven or a camp, uh, you know, they may include Miami now. You know, before maybe they would skip Miami and say, well, you know what, you know, on this date we have Florida and we have Florida State and Miami. You know, Florida and Florida State are on the upswing. Let's skip Miami. But what he's doing now. He's building, trying to build a winner. So that all takes care of itself. So if you start winning, kids are going to gravitate towards you. And that's that's the name of the game. You could have all the facilities you want. You could have all the camps and the combines and, you know, have all the Ed Reeds and, and everybody on campus. But at the end of the day, if you are seven and six, you know, you're, you're going to look at it as just like another program. So that's what he's out to do uh, portal-wise. Uh, trying to get a good mix of kids to develop uh, that are high school freshmen, which he's, which is everybody's aim. But in this day and yeah. age, it's not a reality. You don't really now with the portal and kids coming in here uh, that as juniors and some kids who are graduated and coming in here for their final year to try to infuse the program, not just Miami, but everywhere. So I think he's moving towards that really slowly. And I think it's going to happen because upgrade of facilities in, you know, when I sat down to talk to him a couple of weeks ago, that was the one thing I played the naysayer. I was the guy who said, listen, back in the day when you guys were kicking butt and USC was kicking butt, you had the two worst weight training programs in, a, in the country. Your weight rooms were awful. Your facilities were archaic at best. And uh, he said to me, Blue, things have changed. You know, mm -hmm. now kids want the bells and whistles. Now kids want all this stuff. And that was part of the reason why he did come back. Sure. Uh, Phil Knight had an open checkbook, um, University of Oregon and some of the other uh, programs that courted him had a lot of money to throw his way. But coming back and going to a, a school that you attended, have two degrees from having a, an education that, you know, he, he is a blueprint because of the fact that he comes back not only as a tremendous coach, but uh, somebody who was a the epitome of a student athlete and that's what he's trying to get. And, and as you know, as a, a son of two educators, um, you know, there's a balance and that's what Miami's always been able to create. Even during the, the years that they were, you know, running rough shot on everybody, they would graduate their players. And that's yep. the thing they, they want to get student athletes that are going to uphold the, you know, the program and be proud to, to wear the orange and green. So yeah, he's moving in that direction. And I think it's a, a positive direction. And as you mentioned, uh, the irony of it all is five years ago, we couldn't pay assistant coaches. Now we're not only paying assistant coaches, but we have a hundred million dollar facility on the, <laughs> on the, on the board. So yeah, things have changed. I think the, the big key was getting an athletic director that understands the culture of, of uh, NCAA athletics, you know, a yeah. college athletics. So yeah, I, I think that, you know, definitely Miami is going to be in the mix for a lot of kids and, but you have to win. 
And a quick side story. I'm not sure if I've told this story on this show. Uh, and you mentioned Mario Cristobal being the epitome of a student athlete when he was at the U. Uh, my father uh, taught him statistics. My father is a professor still to this day at the University of Miami. And he had Mario in a couple of his classes. And the first thing, when Miami hired Cristobal back in December, the first thing my father said to me was, hell of a student. Straight A student. He yep. even brought up, I don't want to throw any shade at anybody, uh, but he brought up, you know, Mario was getting better grades than most of the quarterbacks that my father has taught over the years. I know a lot of people think, hey, it's great to have smart quarterbacks, straight A students. Cristobal was, uh, was the one getting more straight A's than most of the people he ever taught. Uh, right. Now, something on, on Miami's roster for this coming season, Blue, and we're going to get more into prospects here with Larry Bluestein in a bit, but... You know, for Miami to have a chance to do something special, even in year one under Mario, to compete to win the ACC, of course, you've got to have a quarterback. I think Miami has a quarterback. You think Miami has a quarterback. In fact, Larry Bluestein was singing the praises of Tyler Van Dyke before I jumped on the bandwagon, long before he came the starter. Uh, I was always more of a Jake Garcia guy. He's going to have his time, I believe. But Blue was more of a Tyler Van Dyke guy. <laughs> and, you know, Tyler Van Dyke yeah. gets the spotlight earlier. Um, one of the common questions, Blue, I get from our listeners is, um, and I will bring this up, Mel Kuyper has projected TVD to be the 12th overall pick in this coming NFL draft 2023 Tyler Van Dyke is appearing on some of the short lists for the Heisman trophy this coming year. So he's getting a lot of preseason love, but my listeners will commonly ask me, but wait, how much is he really going to be able to shine this year when Mario Cristobal is a trenches guy, a run first type of guy, Josh Gaddis had a run first offense in Michigan but I felt with the Gaddis thing blue that was more him tailoring the offense to his personnel he didn't have a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke so what do you expect TVD to look like in that Josh Gaddis Mario Cristobal offense and it's funny you bring that up because during the spring had an opportunity to see a lot of the University of Miami coaches out at spring games at practices and such and coach Gaddis was one of the guys that uh, you repeatedly saw, you know, uh, what they're doing is they're trying to find that number one receiver. They had it in yeah. Rambo last year. Uh, they had it in Osborne the year before. Uh, right now, they don't have that number one guy. And, you know, uh, talking to our good old friend, John, John Michaels, he says, is it necessary to have a one? I think it is because it is too. you need somebody because right now Miami's running back room is as deep as it's been for a long, long time. You have marquee backs at every, you know, you still have that Franklin. You have an incoming freshman that is getting praise from everybody in the world. You still have Cheney. You still have Rooster coming back. And then obviously you have Parrish who Miami tried to get right out of high school. He went to Ole Miss. So running game wise, they're going to be fine. Offensive line is improved quite a bit they're gonna add depth through the portal but as you mentioned for dvd to uh be able to get uh passing he's gonna have to have a passing game and the way they, that they did last year if you remember that he they stretched the field quite a bit with rambo he was catching 10 11 passes a game and then that opened things up for your slot kids like uh, restrepo and Bershard smith and whoever else is there, harley last year uh, but what's going to have to happen, I think, if you don't get that number one guy, I know that they have a lot of kids targeted in this in this um, uh, portal. But if they don't, 
you have a key factor, a guy who may be one of their best football players on the team, and that's Will Mallory. The thing about Will Mallory is that he, he hasn't been healthy, yeah. uh, but you and I saw that some of Will's best plays have been called back. He had a 76-yarder, an 81-yarder callback. He showed his speed. I mean, this is a guy that can open up the offense just like a number one receiver because he's elusive. He's not going to get a cornerback coverage. He's going to get over the top safety and maybe even a linebacker to go with him, which he'll just murder. So that's what I'm saying. So if you don't get that number one, and I know a lot of the guys have been looking, you know, I mean, looking for that guy that may not be able to, to come in and may not be available – I think if you stepped it up, and I think Gattis, just like um, anybody else, if, if you have an opportunity, and you mentioned it, you tailor your offense for what you have. And uh, and Coach Gaddis is a very intelligent guy, and he understands that, yeah, Mario likes to, to pound the ball, but at the same time, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So you, you utilize both. I don't think there's going to be a problem. I think the uh, Van Dyke is going to be what he was last year. He may not throw for 400 yards every game, but you know what? You take a 275 to 300 yard performance and 175 to 200 yard rushing, and you have 500 yards of offense, and you're still and you're in basically every game. So yeah, I don't think there's going to be a problem. But you got to find that guy, and you got to hope that Will Mallory stays healthy. We're going to tackle uh, coming up here one of the biggest and best recruiting questions of the week, and that's on the future outlook at the cornerback position. But Blue brings up number one receiver. My number one option is always Built Bar. Guys, we've been asking, and Built has delivered. Built Granola Bars are here. Oh, I love these. Built Granola Bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Do you want to try all three flavors? Yeah, you can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and puffs. Built granola bars, they're loaded with granola. They're the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like the bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein covered with 100% real chocolate. Oh, yeah. With 150 calories only, 15 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, Built granola bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack, guys, to pack in your lunch, take on the road, eat as a snack, and they're made with collagen protein. Your body absorbs that more efficiently and provides you with tons of health benefits. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time, friends. Head to Built.com right now to get the Built Granola Bars, three delicious flavors to try, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Do not miss out. You've got to get yours today. Go to Built.com to get Built Granola Bars right now. Go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and they'll give you 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Hey, friends, we have an important favor to ask you. Uh, we put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners here to Locked On uh, and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better, okay? So this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It's not going to take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. You can watch the U play in person if you win. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Alex Dono alongside Larry Bluestein, who is 
one of the uh, the top recruiting analysts in the entire country, especially when you're talking about the South Florida area. So, Blue, uh, you know, we had a question earlier this week uh, that you can help me tackle here. Uh, a listener asked us about cornerbacks, right, for the class of 2023. We don't have any committed at the moment. Miami has 29 offers out. Now, I think in order to understand the context of 2023, we also have to remember – the younger players on the roster and the ones that Miami just brought in for 2022. I mean, Miami got some good ones in the 2022 class. Kamari Rogers, Chris Graves, Jaden Harris, Daryl Porter came in the transfer portal. He's got a lot of eligibility. Uh, I see Miami is in the mix blue for a couple of the top corners in the country who are considered to have warm interest in Miami. Cormani McLean, five-star, he's the number one guy in the country, but Miami is considered in the mix for him. And a local guy, I'd love to start getting more players from American Heritage. Uh, Damari Brown from American Heritage is in that mix. How much do you think Miami needs at corner in the next class, and how many do you think they'll get? Well, yeah, the need is always there. It's a, it's yeah. a pressing need. You always want to keep your, you know, your uh, cupboard stocked with players, especially at that position, uh, a vital position. Uh, and to me, Cormani McLean, one of the top players, obviously, as you mentioned, at a Lake Gibson High School in Lakeland, a kid that I had an opportunity to watch several times last offseason. Uh very rangy, quick. Uh, he's got long arms. The kid, uh, kid's the real deal. And the kid Brown is obviously somebody who came on strong last year, uh, has showed in the offseason, grew a lot, um, quick, uh, strong, a weight room guy, uh, somebody who understands the game, somebody who uh, would be a huge asset to Miami. So I, obviously those two guys, along with uh, some of the kids that came, and, and, and to me, Daryl Porter Jr., is a guy who came out of Heritage, went to West Virginia, and then came back and uh, saw him during the spring. I w went to the spring game and watched him there. I know his dad real well, covered his dad at St. Thomas before his dad went to Boston College, played with the Dolphins for, and Bills for a lot of years. Um, very tenacious kid. Somebody who's going to really add uh, depth and, and, and frontline play to, to a position that is pretty strong. Miami secondary has got a lot of kids. Uh, that will contribute, but they need depth. And uh, that's why at any position you want to continue quarterback. You have right now, arguably two or three top flight quarterbacks nationally, but you want to add somebody else for the next class. Same thing with the defensive secondary, especially a corner. By the way, at, at quarterback, there's a little, let's talk about that as well. Um, you know, you've got several really high recruits Miami's in the mix for. I mean, a couple of the top guys, uh, Jaden Rashada has Miami as a finalist. Right. Dante Moore is a guy Miami is after. These are both, of course, out-of-state kids. Rashada from California. Moore is from Detroit, Michigan. They're also in play for an in-state kid who uh, I think is a little bit underrated at the moment. He's over in the panhandle, Emery Williams. Like, he's only a three-star but I think that probably by the end of the high school season, he could end up being a four-star blue. And I've, I've kind of been told that may be a more realistic option. So what do you think about the quarterback landscape for the next class? Well, you know me, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but Emery Williams is me. I'm the one that discovered him last summer at the Tallahassee camp. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was the one to put him out before anybody else did. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I had a lot of coaches call me and ask me about him. I watched him during the summer at a summer camp. 
His release was unbelievable, had really good size. He threw the ball with a lot of velocity. And then I watched some of his tape, and I know a lot of people in the in the uh, Pensacola area that have watched him. And, uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was really on board from the first time I saw him. And when his name started popping up, I had a, you know, I had a chuckle a little bit because all of a sudden all these people six months later, almost seven months later, were coming up with a guy that I had talked about a year ago. Uh, wow. maybe in July of last year. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always in contact with my old friend, Frank Ponce, who I think is going to be at the Miami hurricane, uh, in the Miami hurricane family for a long time, very brilliant guy. And somebody who knows how to work with quarterbacks. He's shown it in the past. And uh, he and I talked about Emory early on and he, he uh, asked me what I thought, and I told him, and he goes, we're both on the same page. So it shows you that Frank knows what he's doing when he's evaluating talent, and uh, certainly that's 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 a guy. And he's been around. He, the young man from Detroit, same thing, good size, velocity. Kind of tough, though, when you're getting kids from outside the state that don't know the – uh, what Miami has, but all, but do, you know, as far as the future and, but does a examine their roster to see that they're stacked at the position. Uh, you got to come in here with the idea that, you know, an injury or two, you're in the mix and Miami guys are going to like, we are going to see with Van Dyke going into the NFL. Jake Garcia is going to follow him right after because he's that talented. Uh, the young man that they got last year from Valdosta, who is just a, an amazing, oh, yeah. yes, exactly. Yep. An amazing student athlete uh, who, who is just all it's separating him from being at that next level is experience. So Miami's got a, a, a quarterback room that if, um, and I think that they could get Williams because they started showing him love early on and uh, and he fits more of Miami's offense like you were just mentioning yeah. a good offense where you combine it's more of a pro offense and that's what these kids are geared for because the 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 wishbones a run pass option type of quarterbacks are not really what the NFL is is searching for so if you could give the although these you know I mean Kyler Murray and play players like that you know you can't you know turn your back on but you're looking for that more that you're as your friend uh, Tommy Brady. You're looking for more of that NFL type of guy who's going to not only light it up and, and scan the field, but also uses uh, running backs and you know uh, to, to their full advantage. But yep, I, I think that those those kids, all three of them, uh, are are big time uh, talents. Miami also looking at others, but I think if you got to sign one in every class uh, to keep the you know competitive juices flowing because. After next year, you lose uh, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So then you have to reload, and the pecking order comes up, and you know your what your two goes to one, your three goes to two, and so on. Coming up, uh, we've got a trio of well, two four stars and a three star who I would argue probably has four star talents. So I'm going to call it a trio of four stars that are visiting the U this weekend. I want to get Blue's take on that. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Friday, June 3rd, Visits Blue coming up from three-star safety Jaden Bonsu, who I think is a little bit underrated at three-star from what I know about this young man. Uh, four-star edge rusher 
Tamir Robinson visiting. He's from uh, Pennsylvania. Bonsu, by the way, is from New Jersey. So three out-of-state kids coming in and four-star offensive tackle from Windsor, Connecticut. I'm going to butcher this young man's name, so maybe you can correct me. Olaus Alinen? Olaus Alinen? Alinen is what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> but you're talking three guys that are, are uh, northeast type of kids. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's where, if you remember back, Daniel Stubbs, players of that nature, Greg Mark, you know, Jersey kids, uh, guys from that area. Uh, Miami's always done well, uh, you know, with the Northeast kids. Uh, these are players that are heavily pursued by everybody. Ohio State's looking at them. Penn State, obviously, they're in Big Ten country. So now with Rutgers in the Big Ten, Miami's this is where you put your best foot forward, although it's going to rain a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. you kind of want to, but that's what you have the indoor for. You could take a look at them. They could, you know, caravan around the campus, see what's going on. You get, you get an opportunity to watch them, but all three bring a lot to the table. All three of them uh, would fit this program extremely well. And like I said, Miami's in play for everybody now, you know, back in the day where they would a couple of years ago where they were bringing these kids, it was more just a wish list, you know, but now it's a reality list. And, you know, Mario Cristobal, and no one's going to outgun him for kids. He's going to put the best foot forward at all times. I mean, I know that they really like the kid John Walker from Kissimmee Osceola and players like that. So they put the hard press on him. And, you know, Mario Cristobal is a person, a, a personality guy. He was the one back in the day when college coaches, head college coaches could come out in the spring, would show up at a, a seven on seven uh, or that type of tournament, but he would also show up at spring games and he would come an hour early and leave an hour late and make sure that he talked to everybody and anybody. As you saw in the spring, he endeared himself to the, the students uh, when he went over and greeted them. Uh, it's, it's just the way it is when these kids want, want love. Yeah. They, they want, they want to be playing for the national title, but at the same time, they want a program that really cares about them and when, and not, just to get him on campus. When Miami, that's the one thing about Mario Cristobal, he'll court you, but once you get on campus and in a lot of these schools, and I think he may have learned this from being around Nick Saban. And I, like I said before, uh, being around Nick Saban, I know a lot of people have their person, you know, their, their personal thoughts on him, but this is a guy like Bill Belichick that may not be the greatest bedside manner, but they're off awfully good doctors. And they, and that's the one thing that, Nick is Nick did is he endeared himself to the kids when they got on campus, you know, yeah, gotten his, their faces, but at the same time, he showed them love when they needed love. And that's what Mario, that's what made Mario so successful at FIU and has made him successful as an assistant in Alabama and also uh, at Oregon because of the fact that uh, he, he will show kids that type of love and, and uh, respect. And uh, that's all they want. That's all they want. And you, you get them on campus and, and, uh, you know, you're you're like the father to them for the next four years. Final question. So I mentioned at the top of the episode uh, right now and listen, in early June, this doesn't really mean anything. But uh, right now, five commits for 2023. Miami's got the 37th rated class in the country. Blue, when the dust settles in February of 2023, when we've gotten through both signing days. Will Mario be able to grab a top 10 class, which he did two of his three full recruiting cycles at Oregon? Do you think Miami's going to have a top 10 class for next year? 
Well, they have an opportunity to. And remember, off the bat, they don't have Alabama to play the first like the first game. So Miami could be three and oh, three or four and oh, or three and one after the first four games. And and that's what's gonna happen. You got it, these kids are gonna start looking, and then they look at the at the depth chart. And that's how you you kind of like look and see who you have. And the next month is going to be extremely uh, important because you're going to have a chance uh, like this week and in the following weeks to get kids on campus. And then the kids have a lasting impression of how things went and said, you know what? I felt really comfortable. And then come October, November, they say, you know what? I'm going to go to Miami. Because, you know, I mean, I know Oklahoma showed me this and Alabama was in the mix, but Miami seems like a, a place that's growing. So, yeah, I, I to answer your question, I think they they have a really good chance to move in the top 10 to 15. And then next next year you increase on it. And within three years, you're a top five uh, recruiting program and, and it takes care of itself. Uh, you know, uh, Alabama doesn't have to work real hard to get their kids. Either does Oklahoma, either does Ohio State or Georgia because everybody knows the end result. They're going to be in the mix, top five, top six team every year. That's all these kids want to do is they want to compete, but they want to win as well. Make sure you follow Blue on Twitter. It's at Larry Bluestein. Check out his program each and every week, the South Florida High School Sports Show on 560 WQAM in Miami. You can get that on the Odyssey app for those of you out of market. Blue, anything else you want to plug, sir? No, that's it. I mean, you know, I just uh, just follow me on our Twitter. Uh, every day we have we promote kids and, uh, you know, we have a lot of good stories on LarryBluestein.com, a lot of local Dade Broward information, and then our prep Red Zone Florida where we do the entire state. And uh, we'll be doing something on Emory Williams and some of the other kids at Miami's targeting over the next uh, three weeks. We're headed off to uh, Orlando, then Tampa, Gainesville, and Tallahassee in the next four weeks. And like I said, we'll be at Miami Plenty. We'll be at FIU. We'll be at a. We're, we're gonna, you know, and you know me, Alex. I mean, I, I go and see. You know, I I can't sit mm-hmm. behind a uh, a computer all day and watch film. Uh, and judge kids and their character. Uh, the only way you could do is shake their hands, look them in the eye, and uh, watch them play. And that's, at the end of the day, been a really successful part of why I've been doing this now for 52 years. Absolutely. And wow. Uh, so everybody follow Blue. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow, my friends. Tomorrow, I'm going to be revisiting those Kirk Herb Street comments that I think paid a big contribution in rewriting the future of Miami Hurricanes football when he talked about the lack of alignment and how far we've come since then. So we're going to have a lot of fun on tomorrow's episode. Thank you for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Raphael Barlow hosts an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, latest player rankings, and of course, big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.